0: Hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to Duffified Live. It's Friday morning. I hope everybody's super excited for the weekend, getting ready to rock and roll. Um, I have had the luxury and the ability to be able to spend some time out there in Sacramento. Uh, Rancho Cordova is actually where I was this week. Um, I got to go out for my annual, uh, my little GE world tour um, where we got to go out to a pretty cool Um, high-end kitchen design center I have worked with General Electric for almost 15 years. We have had a great relationship. I get to travel all over the country with those guys, working on their equipment and showcasing some of their equipment to people. I'm not a salesman. I don't get involved in all that. We come up with signature menus for every event that we do. We try to utilize as much local product and local history as we can in the food that we do, as well as I cook this crazy ribeye a two-and-a-half-pound tomahawk ribeye in 16 minutes in an oven called the Advantium, which cooks with light. I'm cooking with light, boys and girls. There's something to be said about that. Um, and I get to showcase it all over the country. Uh, I got to see some of my good friends while I'm out there. Um, you know, uh, Kulin Erty, uh the Kulinerdi Cruiser, which is now turned into a restaurant my buddy Keith Breedlove I finally got to try some of his food in one of his locations. I'm really excited about that because it was cool. You know, you, you become friends with chefs through the years. And the weirdest part about it is you become friends with them, but you never really get to taste or see the fruits of their labor. In reality, what I'm trying to say is you never get to eat their goddamn food. You never get to try the craft of what it is that they do. So I was pretty stoked to be able to do that with Keith and, um, see some other good friends while I was out there as well. Um, this is a uh, bit kind of a weird week for a lot of us. Um, you know, especially people that are in the, in the culinary world and people that do some of the stuff that, that I do with some TV and, and things like that. Um, we lost a, uh, we lost a, a pretty impressive individual, um, in, uh, uh, Carl Ruiz um so Saber Chef Sabor Chef um, who is a, uh, a a personality and uh and a force in his own world passed away this weekend uh, this past weekend and and that kind of sucks um, I know that my next guest knew him as well. Um, you know, we're not going to dive too much into that. I have another project that we've done just to get into the Carl stuff. So, Carl, you're going to be missed, brother. I'm just going to say that out loud. Uh, hopefully you're up there. Um, you know, you got a stogie in your hand, brother, and a little bit of some Jim Beam. And um, Pinky's out, man. Cheers to you. So, But my, my guest for this week um, is an individual, a woman that I had met. Uh, doing a couple of events out in Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun stuff. Um, I've gotten to meet some unbelievable chefs out there, friends to this day. I mean, people that that I uh, some of my some of these guys are my ride or dies. You know, Kev D is one of my ride or dies, man. You know, Jason Santos, same thing. Um, these are guys that I, uh, I I get to to travel and see and do events with, and um, one of those people who I'm glad that I was able to connect with uh, during last year's event um, is, uh, chef Manit Shohan, uh, you know, the Indian chef who has come into the United States who took, uh, you know, kind of an odd path. I mean, I mean, learning how to cook in the neighborhoods of, of India and then coming and, you know, going to hospitality school and hotel management school, and then heading into the culinary Institute. And then uh, next thing you know, living in Cherry Hill for four years, you know, banging out Indian food down there, To making a decision to move forward Um, You've all seen Manit on shows like Chopped and Judging and Iron Chef and Next Iron Chef and all of that stuff Um, So ladies and gentlemen, I really am stoked and really excited to welcome to Duffified Live For this week, we get to talk to Chef Manit Chauhan Good morning, Chef, how are you?
1: Good morning, how are you doing?
0: i'm I'm pretty awesome i'm pretty awesome it's been a it's been a very good weekend in the restaurant and in the world other than the fact that we had the passing of a mutual friend uh yeah it was a pretty crazy weekend it was good though
1: yes i i agree it's it just makes you um value life and family so much more
0: one hundred percent uh we got all the beeps. <laughs> so, chef, why some, don't you I was do was me adding
1: a- some background music to our conversation?
0: <laughs> it sounded good. <laughs> I saw. I actually watched a video of you the other day making your uh, your Bollywood cocktail.
1: Oh my God! Yes, the Bollywood smash. You've got to come down and try it. It's so <laughs> fun.
0: It, it looks good. I love, I love, first off, I love your personality. I've been, I've been a big fan for a long time. And, uh, you know, it's, Thank it's, you. uh, it's been a pleasure to, to see you and be able to do a couple of events with you and stuff like that. Um, why don't you, uh, do me a favor and tell me who you are, what you do and how people can get in contact with you.
1: I'm like, Oh my God, who am I? That's a very yeah. loaded question, right?
0: It's I huge. Mean, it's huge. Uh,
1: it's, it's a huge question. I think, I think the answer changes every day. Um, right now, um, I am um, a mom who right. is also a chef, who is also a business owner, um, and, um, and somebody who just enjoys life. I think that is pretty much who I am. And I enjoy eating a lot. That, that yeah, absolutely as, is one of my most, 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 um, um, obsessive, uh, hobbies.
0: Wow. Obsessive.
1: <laughs> obsessive. Absolutely.
0: So. To, so at the end of the day, you're coming home after working, do you have a meal or do you just plop down, hang out with the kids and, and then go to bed?
1: You know, most of the times it is, um, we try to have a meal together, uh, at least once, one meal. And it really depends. It's either Vivek, my husband, who is cooking or I am cooking. And we just, you know, cooking is such a it's such a bonding experience. It's such a conversational experience. And I think that is something that we try never to let go. Because we travel a lot also. So whenever we are at home, we are like, okay, let's just make this an entire daily event.
0: Right. So is it, I mean, for you, you know, I mean, being of Indian descent and, and with that, and with such a, a, you know, a great background of cooking, I mean, is it, is it always an in-depth meal? Because one of the greatest things about Indian cooking is the processes and the techniques which go into things, or are, are you coming home and just throwing down for a grilled cheese?
1: Not really. I think it really depends on what we are in the mood for. Even with Indian food, I don't think that everything is very uh, in-depth or very involved or it requires 600 different spices to go in it. (laughs) Uh, You know, like even simple things like a masala omelette. Uh, To me, that was one of the first things that I literally every morning, my dad and I used to make masala omelets, which are omelets with Indian spices and cumin and some, you know, a little bit of ginger and cilantro. So um, I do, I do go back to my Indian heritage quite often, but even when I'm making a grilled cheese, it's usually not a simple grilled cheese there will be a little bit of roasted cumin in it or some onions and, and uh, so i do take it to the next level uh, but um, but yeah it's it's usually not very involved it, it it is simple but it does have a little bit of spice in it
0: i mean i know for my girls it's always like dad can i i just want a grilled cheese <laughs> do you have to do you have to do you have to you know sear yeah. off the tomatoes you know, it's the bacon yes. doesn't have to be cooked at 115 degrees. Like, come on, dad. Yes. It's just a grilled cheese. I
1: oh my god, whenever my kids say that, I turn to them. I'm like, "Listen, you don't realize how lucky you have to have a mom who's a chef. Take advantage of it, okay?"
0: Exactly. Absolutely. I and you know, after all the years of of cooking and I mean, my oldest daughter's 18 and she's a freshman in college now. But oh, I I'd wow. say Dad, you know, "Hey, I'm I'm getting ready to travel. What do you need in the house?" And she's like, Penne and vodka sauce. That was <laughs> that was. Those are her go-to meals when she cooks by herself. And I'm like, all oh those years god. of teaching and training, you want penne <laughs> alla vodka? So.
1: Oh my god! But that listen, it's it's better than mac and cheese.
0: Well, that's the that's right? number two. That's number two for her. <laughs> <laughs> so there's only okay. there's only so I, much. Putting yeah.
1: the most syndrome right right now.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, no yeah. Idea. Well, now it's ramen noodles. Now it's ramen noodles down oh. in school. That's about all she eats. So that and Chick fil A. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> so, so how, so where did, I mean, I'm going to go all the way back. I mean, I know, you know, a lot of interviews do this, but I think that it's really important for people to get an understanding, especially with a chef, kind of where that basis is. Where that, where that came from. I mean, was, was you, were your parents involved in food? Was there anything in that background that really said, you know, that was a catalyst for what you're doing now?
1: Not really. Uh, you know, it was, um, so I grew up in this really small town in India called Ranchi. And um, my dad was an engineer. And there were people from all over India who looked, lived in this small colony because it was a professional town. Now, um, in, in India, each and every state, each and every city has a very distinct cuisine of its own. So I grew up in a predominant Punjabi household where the food that my mom was making was completely different from the food that my neighbors were making, which was completely, wow. you know, different from my friend's parents making something. So my curiosity literally started at, at, you know, a really young age where I would go to my neighbors' houses and tell them that my parents hadn't given me food to eat. So can I eat at your <laughs> at your home?
0: Ah, I love it.
1: It was incredible because that was my, I was that obnoxious white kid as to why are you heating the oil before you're adding the spices? What is this spice? Because I've never seen it in my house. So I pretty much, that was my playground. My playground was just these you know, aunties cooking. And uh, and as I started getting a little bit older, um, when you know there used to be get-togethers or there used to be these dinners that um, these aunties would be inviting us, they would literally call up my parents and tell them that, hey, uh, come for dinner at seven, but can you send Manit at three o'clock so that she can help us? And that was oh incredible God, that's because awesome. I would be in their kitchen and I would be learning. And that's where the obsession started from. And, and bear in mind, like I grew up in India where, you know, being a doctor or an engineer was an acceptable profession. And if you were really thinking outside the box, maybe, uh, you know, an accountant. And over here, right. I wanted to become a chef. Um, the hospitality industry was barely acknowledged as a, as a career. Right. They're like, OK, if you want to do hospitality, maybe you can be on the front desk. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to be a chef. So um, even in this country, I mean, you know, women becoming chefs has been a very recent phenomena. It has been yeah. a lot of like trailblazers before us who've laid the path for it. So in India, it was, you know, when I decided I wanted to be a chef, there were a lot of people who would come up to my my parents and say that, hey, listen, she's not that dumb. If she studies hard enough, she can still be an engineer. And and they oh, were geez. like, you know, if if she wants to be a chef, you know, That is what her, uh, you know, uh, ambition is. So be it. And the only thing they told me was make sure that you're the best at what you do. And that's a mantra that I have, like, you know, just held very, very close to my heart. Um, And then I did my hotel administration in India because they weren't culinary schools per se in India. So you had to do your hotel management before you got into the kitchen. I applied for the three best colleges in India. Uh, it got accepted in all of them, and then in my final year, uh, at when I was doing my bachelor's in hotel management, I asked my chef instructor which was the best culinary institute in the entire world to go to, and without even batting an eyelid, he said the Culinary Institute of America. So that's it. I applied, came here, and that's that's how the journey was in terms of the educational aspect of my path.
0: Wow. Now, when you get into, I mean, so so after all of those years practicing and learning, um, I mean, multiple different styles of of food through the neighborhoods and whatnot where you lived, coming into CIA, I mean, I, I'm a graduate of the restaurant school in Philadelphia, but I know that right. throughout, you know, we're we're all taught that the basics, you know, you start off with a knife, you start off with knife skills, you move into stock, then you move into right. sauces. I mean, right. h- how was that for you? I, well, first off, actually, it's kind of a question and a statement. How was that for you? But at the same time, that must have been kind of eye-opening for you to see a different cuisine as much so as French compared to what you so, had been doing for years before.
1: So, so the, fun, the, the fun part about uh, me coming to the uh, CIA is when I started off, I always wanted to be a pastry chef. I never, ever thought that I would get into savory because savory was, um, and that also Indian food because Indian food was in my backyard, right? It wasn't something that, that, that I didn't know. It wasn't something, it was considered that, oh, this is pedestrian, right? Uh, I want to learn something which is literally out there. And um, when we did our, um, you know, our hotel management in India, our entire foundation was French cuisine because French cuisine oh, wow. is the one cuisine, which is, which is taught as, um, the foundation of cuisine all around the world. Right. Because I think right. the French have done an incredible job in marketing their cuisine. Like as we were supposed to know from A to Z. So, yeah. so to me, so to me, that was not, uh, uh, you know, I never did, I never did savory. I did baking and pastry, which blew my mind. Because there were things which I had heard of in, um, you know, in India, which I had read of in India, like, you know, fondant on cake or gum paste and making these gum paste flowers, uh, you know, all the chocolate classes that we did. Um, and again, in baking and pastry, it is building blocks, right? You start from the basics of cakes and then you go to wedding cakes um, right. or, you know, all um, fondant work and gum paste or full sugar, so that really, it blew my mind. It was it was incredible because I literally had walked into a place where there were 2,000 people who were as obsessed with food as I was. And that to me was one of the <laughs> most uplifting. And it was just like, you know, the most contagious, infectious, exciting experience. Like it still gives me goosebumps when I'm talking about it. Because yeah. that atmosphere, that electricity uh, in, in the, uh, you know, in the air is, it's, it's amazing. It's electrifying. Um, I recently went back. Um, I, I, was, um, uh, I was a convocation speaker for one of the batches. And I, the, from the moment I stepped into, you know, the campus, it was like, it was homecoming and it was pride. And it was like, it was such a valuable experience because over there, I learned the ethics. Um, of what it meant the camaraderie of being chefs right like when you and I met we connected instantly because of the fact that we are chefs And, and that is something which I learned at the CIA the value of we chef yes chef is something which I learned there
0: I mean, I, I think it's such a neat thing because even when I go back to my alma mater, when I speak at, at schools and stuff like that, you walk onto campus and there is, there's a, everybody's there for the same general reason. Yeah. There's a love yeah. of food. There's something that we all have in common that yeah. is food and we all want to learn the different basis of it. I mean, even for me, when I went to school, you know, I was a young kid. I mean, I went to, I graduated culinary school in 94. So, uh, you know, this wasn't, this was just the beginning touches the beginning stages of the quote unquote celebrity world. I mean, Emeril Lagasse was, it was just coming out at that point. There was just the beginning touches of that. And I remember standing in school and putting that jacket on, like they give us our jackets and our toolboxes. I and, <laughs> and and I, I remember saying to myself, like, this is something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like I've chosen a cool. career, a And there's there's a and and that was it. I mean, I just thought, you know, I still think to this day that that jacket. There's a pride in putting that jacket on, whether it be as a cook or whatever. There's a lot of pride. So
1: true. And you know what? The fun part is like this is what I always tell people that if conversations were had over food, there would be no conflict in the world. Uh, You know, because like even even as chefs all of us have a very distinct viewpoint when it comes to approaching food, right? Yeah. But, yeah. The, but the, the foundation of respect that we have for each other, for the craft the other person does, is always there. Like you never you never ever have a fight over the fact that, hey, my chicken tikka masala is better than your beurre blanc. Doesn't right. make sense at all. I respect you for what you do. You respect me for what I do. And that, I think, is the most incredible part about food.
0: Unless you salt your food before you taste it. And then we're going to have a conversation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is true. (laughs) Then
0: then the wars begin. That's really, could you imagine like, oh my God, the president of France salted his food before. That's it. We're done. No more support. (laughs) That is Um, hilarious. That cracks me up. So, I mean, and, and now when did you go to, when did you graduate from CIA?
1: I graduated in 2000.
0: Okay. So, I mean, that was, you know, I mean, you, you had already made mention to the fact that there weren't a lot of women that were in kitchens. There weren't a lot of women that were, that were, were I mean, in 2000, it was just really beginning. I mean, I think it was later on, eight, nine, 10, 11 Where it really started to explode. I mean, the the important, and this is going to sound weird coming from a guy. I mean, I absolutely, I think that women in a kitchen is a very important thing, and and I don't know if that comes off the wrong way or not. I've always loved having women in kitchens. You know, I know the old brigade of chefs had, had had problems with that, which never made sense to me in the first place but it it was uh, every kitchen yeah. I've ever been in, operated, owned, whatever, has had women in the kitchen, line cooks, sous chefs, pastry chefs, whatever it was. And, and to me, it's a huge impact on the guys that are in the kitchen.
1: I, I so agree. I, I mean, I absolutely agree because I think the one thing that we, um, you know, recently I was Giving a talk, and somebody asked me about the fact that you know what, um, a lot of people think that women are so emotional. So, you know, I'm like, and I said, What is the yeah, problem exactly. with that? I said, That's amazing. That's an advantage, right? Yeah. You've got to figure out how each and every person is different. You cannot even generalize like men are better in the kitchen or women are better. I said you cannot generalize that because each and every person comes with a particular set of um, uh, advantages and disadvantages and how you go ahead and use it to your growth is what makes you a successful person or not.
0: Yeah. It's it's funny to even think that it's it's ever been a conversation of, you know, oh, it's a woman chef or something like that. It's still to it still just kind of shocks me, you know, it that so there was cool. ever that I mean, conversation.
1: I have an eight year old and the other day we were talking about we were having some conversation about oh, the women's right to vote. And she looked oh, at geez. me so quizzically, she's like, Why are we even having this conversation? Like she's like, What? I'm like Yes, we It's had. It's taken time to reach where we have. But keep in mind that there was a time that women couldn't vote.
0: I, I, it, you know, I mean, I'm, and I'm, I mean, look, I'm a father of girls. I have an 18 year old and a 15 year old. So and, and I've my whole world with my girls, you know, as a single dad is strong, independent woman. It's that simple. Yeah. strong, independent woman across the board. And we've had these conversations as well. And it's, it's hard, It's always been very hard for me to explain to my daughters who are the future in reality are the future of, right. the, you know, of, of our country, of our world, no matter what it is, and who have one of the most, who, one of the most important job in the world, which is to recreate human life. Like, and for me to try to have to explain that there was a time when, when women were considered a second-class citizen. You can't vote. You can't drive. You can't. And, I, like, it blows my mind away that I ever even had so to have, 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 have those conversations where, you know, to, I just – I never understood that. I, I don't and know. That's so it, that,
1: true. I mean, you – like, you know, having a, a dad like you is so so important because girls start realizing that this is it. We can do anything. Every morning when I sure. drop off my daughter to school, I, you know, there is, um, as corny as it sounds, I have a, I, I have a mantra for her, right? Like when she's walking out, I'm like, so she's like, there are no problems, only solutions. I'm like, absolutely. That's what you're going to buy today. So today, That's I- That's such a chef thing. Sorry. I know, right? I, you know, and that's what I'm so glad that I am because uh, all of these nerdy, geeky things you can do. But today, literally, when I was dropping her off, I told her, "I'm like, so." She's like, "We can be anything." I'm like, "Yes, you can." So yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, just remember that." Uh, but but yeah, that's it's so true, and I think it is our responsibility as parents to lay that pathway so that they realize that they can achieve anything that they set their hearts and minds to. I
0: think I think that that it, being chefs and as parents I think it on almost leads to a calmer kid in some ways. Despite really? our passion my, for what we do. My,
1: well, my, my, my kids haven't gotten <laughs> that memo yet.
0: <laughs> but I mean I mean I think I think what I'm trying to say with that is like you know, it, what you just said is that there are no problems. There's only solutions. You know, I've always said right. that to my girls. We don't have a problem. We have a situation that needs to be resolved. That's what we need to do. You know, I, I've, I'm, I'm a dad. I'm a dad of girls. I've, I've got, you know, I've got my own freakouts that I have, you know, I right. mean, the boyfriends, and, which is a natural progression. But I've right. raised my girls to have that world. But I, I think that when it comes down to it, my girls, I see are problem solvers. Yeah. They're looking That's at so, a situation so. differently instead of, don't get me wrong, my girls are still like, you know, Kylie's being a bitch. And sorry, Kylie, you're still one of my, do- my, <laughs> my, 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 my daughter's best friends. But but I hear these things and then I hear them talk about it. You know, I've listened to Fiona call Kylie and say, I'm not happy with the way that you said this, or, you know, they're kind of working through those things as opposed to, I'm not gonna talk to her for three months. You know, I'm just gonna walk away wow. from the situation. And I think that a lot of that had to come from that chef world, but, um, where we have to, we have to solve a problem. We have to solve, have a solution immediately because there is no other opportunity in a lot of cases. So I don't know, but, um, I, and I get the drop off said, and and I have a Jeep. So I I lean out of the top of the Jeep. Good morning, Fiona. I love you. Have a great day. (laughs) <laughs> and she I picked her up the other day and, and at the end she got in the car. She said, Dad, I think you think that might embarrass me. She said, I kinda like it. I think it's kinda funny. And all my friends know who you are anyway. So they know that you're a little uh, nutty. So Oh my God, I love but, that. Um So now, I mean, so you're going into Chicago and and, you know, I mean, that's the the progression that you took was to to what was the the you fought out 40 chefs i mean obviously i'm going through a lot of your stuff on your bio you know i mean that that's a lot of where the research ends up coming from for what it is that we do but i mean so you went up against 40 male chefs for an executive chef position
1: it sounds it just in, sounds in, in an so indian much... latin <laughs> it Go just ahead. sounds a lot more badass than it was i think that there were 40 <laughs> they, they were a lot of chefs who were interviewed uh, and all of them men And, um, and I guess it was just, um, I was able to understand and translate the vision of the owners, I think in a way that, that they were looking for. So that is, that's pretty much how it was. I think to me, what has been important is, um, you know, give your best. Because right after graduation from the CIA, I, uh, you know, I, I literally I had graduated from the best school in India, and then I had gone to the best culinary school in the world, and I literally graduated feeling completely pompous, like this is it, oh, world, look out, yeah. here I come, right? Yeah. And then and then you get a dose of reality, because I had <laughs> come to uh, the CIA on my um, on a student visa, and in our industry um not many people at that time were were sponsored for work visas so now i am um which which i think was one of the biggest goons in my life uh, because you have to look at each and every turn in your life as how it works in your favor and um and i literally got job offers from each and every place that i wanted job offers from graduated on top of my class with all the with all the awards and then nobody wanted to touch me with a barge pole because they didn't want to sponsor my paperwork. So I am over here where I had to make a decision as to do I want to go back and work in kitchens where, you know, everyday things were going to be very difficult in India. Or do I want to be over here and look at doing something different? And at that time, my uncle and aunt were opening an Indian restaurant in a Cherry Hill, which is a stone's throw from Philadelphia. Yeah. And they were looking at, they were like, hey, listen, if you want to do this, you know, and want to go back to Indian cooking, we can go ahead and sponsor your paperwork, because that is something wow. which comes under skilled labor. Sure. And at that time, like, I was just like, ungracious little twerp who was like who wants to do Indian food but that (laughs) was the most the biggest gift that I ever got because it opened my eyes to first of all um, the bad rap that Indian food had in America because Indian food to me is beautiful it's seasonal it's fresh I mean things like farmer's market is the only market that we ever went to growing up and I found that as my crusade. I'm like, I really want the fo- the world to know the beauty of Indian food, the diversity of Indian food, the depth of Indian food. It's so much beyond the eight ninety five all you can I eat buffet, right? It's beautiful, it's <laughs> seasonal. So that is where I think that is where the foundation of where I am today started. So I yeah. worked there for around four years expanded wow. from we were like one of the best Indian restaurants in South Jersey we expanded uh, from you know being a 70 seater to 130 seater I did a lot of large weddings for up to a thousand people and I learned so much and uh, from there then I was like okay I need to do something different I had a, um, a silver Mazda Miata uh, and I just hopped into that and drove to Chicago because my sister and brother-in-law <laughs> were there. And there, I started looking around. I literally walked into a kitchen. There was a there was a modern Indian restaurant called Monsoon, and I literally walked into the kitchen and I asked the chef that, Hey, chef, can you, um, you know, can I just come and stage over here? So every day, I remember I used to live in, you know, with my sister and brother-in-law in Carroll Stream, um, and I would commute an hour and a half. Each way to go and to star in um, in monsoon, but that's what it is. I mean, when you're young, you're hungry, you have to realize that you have to give your five hundred percent, only then you're going to start getting returns. And then along came this opportunity. I applied for this job. There were a lot of other people who had applied, all men. And, um, and I got the job and, and that was it, Uh, you know, again, another stepping stone.
0: So is, has there, has there been a desire, first off, four years right out of school to stay in one place is, is pretty, pretty impressive, especially, I mean, now when we look at it, you look at a resume and there's, you know, they graduated culinary school 10 years ago and there's 11 different jobs on there in some cases. You know, so to be in one location, especially a family location, for four years is impressive in its own right. Um, you
1: also, I mean, I think you're giving me a little bit too much credit. I didn't have any other choice.
0: They right. were doing. They
1: sponsored. They sponsored my paperwork, which again, so that, that be being said, that being said, I don't think that I ever would have moved out because I was learning so much. Uh, but right. uh, But yeah, I think there was also circumstances, and you. Like I, I can't stress on it enough that how much we have to make the best of the circumstances we find ourselves in.
0: So where was where was the point where you found yourself having the ability to kind of do your own food? You know, I mean, four years with with one with within the family restaurant. Now, were you in charge of that kitchen? Were you running that kitchen at that I point? I was in charge
1: of the restaurant, so okay. both the front and the back. Which, which oh, wow. again, and I think gave me geez. gave me the foundation of being a very um, you know um, a strong leader. I think that was sure. very important,
0: yeah. And were you, and what your clientele that was coming in was it was it uh, you know initially starting off as mainly you know of Indian descent? and then you started to see a transfer a transformation into more of the American palate because uh, you know I mean, Indian food where I live, you know, we've got a couple of little, and I live in Philly. We've got a couple right. of great little Indian restaurants over here. We've got one chain of Indian restaurants that does a nice job. Right. It's not a great job. You know, I've had some of the best Indian I've ever had up in Queens and stuff like that. But, That's because you, you haven't know,
1: come to Nashville to say hi to me.
0: I, you're kidding me. <laughs> or, I, you know, can, I, can I tell you honestly, I've I've been in yes. Nashville one time in my life of all of my hundred thousand miles plus a year that I'm in a plane, I've been in oh, Nashville yeah. one time in my life. So I promise you the next time I'm down there, but so did you see a transformation happening at that time? I mean, was there a transformation absolutely. from Indian into American?
1: Uh, absolutely. I think it, it was really, really interesting. Now, if you, um, I mean you're from Philadelphia, so you know that Campbell's has, a, you know, um, a, a big uh, office very close to, I think it's yeah. between Philadelphia and Cherry Hill, and we started yeah. seeing a lot of people coming from there. Um, and they would just go ahead and uh, like slowly, we we started doing some really fun, like we would do chart nights, um, and and we slowly started seeing that um, that growth in. The local population, people would come in and and they would be like, "Oh, this is so interesting." And also the <laughs> fact that um, th- that we were very particular about making sure that our ambience was um, was Indian but modern Indian. Right. It, it was it was not uh, like people wanted to come to the restaurant because it looked aesthetically really beautiful. We also made sure that the people who we trained our servers were trained not to be order takers. I mean, we approached the restaurant in a modern American restaurant kind of way, that um, the servers would take the time to explain what the dishes are in in terms like, uh, you know, beyond chicken tikka masala, explain it right. that these are, you know, Um, uh, uh, chunks of white meat chicken which has been marinated and then grilled and then in a tomato uh, cream sauce so so people could understand it right because a lot of things if you think when you go into ethnic restaurants you get overwhelmed by the menu just because you can't understand or you can't pronounce it which is the same reason why you know the French uh, came up with the BIM system, right? Like, okay, I can't pronounce, I can't pronounce the name of this wine, but this is what I will right. have. So, so I think that yeah. is something that, um, that is something that my, you know, CIA education really helped me with how to relate, how to sell. Um, and then you could see the switch happening very, um, very organically. And when it happens organically, that's the time when the true growth happens.
0: I think that 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 education and just that, you know, that idea of being able to make it more approachable because, you know, you look at a Chinese restaurant and you walk in and it says, you know, chicken and cashew. It's not the original name. These are Americanized versions of dishes. And when you walk into okay. an Indian restaurant, I mean, there's three dishes that, that most Americans understand or at least know. They know, masa, they know a tikka masala. They, they, they know a samosa. And, you know, and in reality, uh, they know a dal. You know I mean? Those are yeah. like those three things. And even for when I go out to when I go to India and, I, and somebody who goes with me for the first time, I say, OK, let's start off here. And then we always have to get something that nobody's ever had before. Let's try something completely different so that we are kind of walking through that experience part of it. And and even me in in my place with barbecue, you know, I have a Texas barbecue spot in Philadelphia and we educate all the time. This is not your Jewish grandmother's brisket. This is a fatty piece of meat that's been cooking for 16 hours. You know, like, oh, my God, we're having that education oh we I love man our we do we do a we do a Texas barbecue in Philadelphia in a little suburb in Philadelphia that you know I start smoking at six thirty in the morning, so my neighbors are coming in for dinner at four o'clock because they've been smelling the food all day um oh my God, but that's so but amazing. there's so much fun in the education, especially i i mean look, Indian is a world that I never have really truly dove into. And, and I and I love it. I mean, I'm a huge fan. I love the the processes and the flavors and the uh you know you know the combinations of the way that things go together and the different and you you nailed it earlier in in the different locations, just in the different in the different states, the different parts, and the way that things change. It, it's 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 tr- it's brilliant to me. I mean. You know, I've had I've had curries from certain people that are that are, you know, that are a bunch of different ingredients. And then the one that's directly next to them is a completely different world because of where they grew up and where they were raised. So 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 how does that that all of this kind of move you into, you know, into TV? I mean, that that weird transition into a world of now being involved in TV.
1: TV, I think, just happened in the sense that, um, you know, when you are working in a restaurant nowadays, uh, PR is a very integral part of letting the world know that uh, this sure. is our restaurant, this is what you do. So that opportunity pretty much came up with um, uh, with Iron Chef's, right, when we okay. opened our outpost in New York. Uh, the PR company got an opportunity for me to be on Iron Chef, and I went against Chef Morimoto, right? Big Um, choice,
0: big choice.
1: Oh, my God. And I came a respectable second among two people. (laughs) 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 Uh, But it was, um, but I think from there, uh, I caught the eyes of the producers for the next Iron Chef. So I competed on the season when um, Forgione won. So uh, from next time, Chef, I was invited to be a guest judge on Chopped. And I apparently made a good impression on the judges that they invited me to be a, a permanent judge. So that is basically how the evolution was. And it was really interesting because a lot of people ask me, how do we get, you know, on television? And I'm like, oh, my God, I wish I I had an answer to that because I really, yeah, I don't because it just happened organically. And I have literally become the kind of person who believes that if you go ahead and put a 100%, you know, give a hundred percent to the moment that you are at people will see it. And that's what I have done. And that's what worked for me.
0: Right. It's the truth. I mean, you know, I've done, I've done TV for 15 plus years and 16, whatever. And I think on my level, what I say to people is, you know, don't be a prima donna (laughs) right off the bat, you know, be somebody that people can work with and that, that people can, can respect. I mean, you know, I've, I've always been the guy who's saying, Hey, can I help you pull those cables? You know, I mean, I'm feeding the crew. I'm making sure that they're being taken care of first. And, you know, and I've been on set before with people that are the prima donnas and that are, are tough to work with and stuff like that. And I keep saying to myself, I, I just, I, I have to remember that all the time, you know, as I got my first show on food network, which, which, you know, is pretty recent over the last couple of months, I, uh, I I keep reminding myself of that, you know, because there's an opportunity for drama. There's an opportunity to become that prima donna because you, you're you're being handed chef. Can we get you anything? Do you need anything? Yeah. Is there, you know, and it's a weird world coming from serving people as much as we do to now being served. If that makes any sense. Completely. And, and I mean,
1: you know, it's so funny on the sets at times, like, you know, they have this, um, Uh, um, you know, uh, at the crafty, they have uh, orange, uh, you know, fresh squeezed orange. So there is a, uh, like a a small uh, squeezer, citrus squeezer. And um, after the first sets, I'm usually there just trying to make a little bit of fresh orange juice for myself. And more often than not, there are people who are standing behind me and I am just squeezing orange juice. I'm like, yeah, you have it. It's good for you. and And they all look at me, they're like, oh my God, Manita, I'm like, you know what? You guys, you guys are carrying the the heavy cameras around. you need it. I, it's fine. I can come back and have it. But, but those are you know it's, it's been ten years, and and it it becomes a family. It just is you know it's like every time I'm back on the sets, it's it's like Thanksgiving, and yeah. uh, you just go ahead and you just reconnect from where you left off, and I, I just I thoroughly enjoy being on the sets because I just love each and every person who's over there
0: it's always been uh, it's such a uh, an experience cuz uh, you know being on different sets and being in different scenarios with whether it be on a reality show or judging something or whatever yeah. it is I, I always look back to that first show that i shot wh- which was an hd tv show hd meaning high def not 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 hg <laughs> home and garden you know where i watched this guy lean over top of a grill having no idea how hot that grill was with his camera. And he was just trying to get the shot. And, and I remember, and then he pulled away after he got the shot that he needed, he pulled away and he's kind of stopped. He said, I need a break. And he went over and he started rubbing his arm. And, and I remember getting uh, vinegar and sugar and taking and making a paste, an old Haitian trick that I learned from the Haitian guys down in the keys. And uh, I put this on his arm and I'm rubbing it on his arm. And he's like, man, I have no idea how you guys do this all day. And I looked at him and said, are you kidding me? How the hell did you just do that? You know, how did you stand there with 70 pounds on your shoulder, you know, while trying to get that shot? And it was such a respect. And and I had good producers that I worked with leading up to all of that, who kind of, you know, led the direction and and gave the right information and the right the right kind of suggestions on the way to do things. And I think it's been a lot of fun and. I don't know. I I enjoy it at this point. And and it's very apparent that you do as well. I mean, it comes through, you're, you're completely approachable. Um, you're, you're, you constantly have a smile on your face. The the way that you educate people is something that I, 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 you know, I don't know if you hear it enough or not, but I think that you should be really proud about that because, because you do a really nice job. So that's what I have to say about that. So, um, so what's going on? So what's next? I mean, you've, you've, you've got two kids now, correct? One? Yes. Two. And you have, you know, restaurants. Oh, geez. You're still, you're still in the, you're right in the (laughs) beginning of it. The fun, the fun part. You're right in the beginning of it. It's, uh, it's such a cool job.
1: It is, it is, but it is also, um, it's really interesting because it, um, you know, I always tell people that uh if I'll get a phone call right now and say that, Hey Manit, you uh we've got a thousand people that we've got to cook for uh for lunch right now and I'm like, Come, on, let's do it.
0: Right? Cool. Yeah.
1: And then and then there is a you know, your kid sitting in front of you and like tears in her eyes and she's like, Somebody told me this today and I'm like, uh, what do I do? <laughs> so it is, I think it's it's the toughest job out there, but I think the most rewarding job. So um, my husband and I, we also have a, um, a hospitality company over here um, called uh, Morph Hospitality. And uh, we manage and we are partners in four restaurants. Uh, Chohan Elin Masala House, which is um, my namesake, uh, um, we opened that five, four and a half years ago. And then uh, Tanso, which is a Chinese concept, Mockingbird, an American diner concept, and Chattable, which is a street Indian concept. We're also partners in uh, three breweries over here. Um, Mantra Artisanal Ales, which is a craft brewery. We do things like saffron cardamom IPA or chai stout. Um, we have Steel Barrel, which is the everyday drinking beer, and then the Humulus Project, which is a very IPA-based uh, project. Wow! So yeah, You're among busy. other things. Among oh, yeah,
0: other absolutely. things, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. all the extra, the extra time that you have. Yeah,
1: exactly. Oh yes, the extra time. I started a, I started a fashion line called manique Curated because people are constantly asking me, "Hey, Manit, where do you get your earrings from, or where do you get this?" So I'm like, hmm, "Okay, Where'd I'll that, get it to you guys."
0: So where, honestly, where did that come from, to to make that transition out of the traditional double-breasted white chef jacket into the the beautiful jackets that you wear and aprons and whatnot how where did that tr- where did that come from
1: i think it came back came from literally uh, you know my pride of being from indian heritage right. because i mean india is not only in terms of food food is you know it's incredible it's varied but also in terms of the um, you know uh, that the craftsmen in India. Like there are so many different kind of fabrics that you get in India. There's so many different kind of, um, you know, uh, embroideries that you get in India. So I literally use that to, you know, my, my jacket to highlight that. And yeah. it's, it's fun. I think it makes it so amazing. And um, yeah, just like colorful shows a facet of my personality, colorful and blingy and loud, (laughs) which is what I am.
0: I love them. I think they're great. (laughs) So, uh, well, Manit, I I really want to say thanks. I really uh, appreciate you taking the time to hop on with us and, and, and get out here and do all this. Um, and I look forward, are you going to be at Mohegan this year?
1: Yes, I will.
0: It's such a great event.
1: It is amazing. And it's like, it just, it seems like, you know, every year I go, it's, this will be my third year. It just seems like becoming a part of a family, which oh, is yeah. lo- just incredible.
0: Well, it's like a chef's, uh, honestly, it, I mean, to me it's like a chef's vacation at the end of the year. So true, You know, so they f- true. They treat you so well. They fly you up there. They put you up in these, you know, first-class accommodations. They treat you so well with meals and the whole nine yards. So it's it's really a nice event that they're doing, and uh, and I'm I'm glad that I've I've been a part of it and I've met some amazing people through doing it. I mean, you being one of them, and some of my dear friends who now do events with me all over the country. Um, It's become a real family event. That dinner at Jasper White's is, uh, is always oh. super fun when we get up there and he starts breaking things out. So, so
1: amazing. Oh, um, my God, yeah. And it, and it doesn't stop.
0: No, it doesn't stop until <laughs> late Sunday afternoon usually. So, um, Well, Manit, do me a favor. How can we get in contact with you? How can we follow you?
1: So um, on all social media uh, platforms, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, I am at Manit Chauhan. Um, so that is probably the best way to get in touch with me. I'm very active on Instagram. So if you send me a message, you will get an answer back.
0: It's the truth, everybody, just so you know, (laughs) it's the truth. And uh,
1: and if you ever are in Nashville, just come over to one of my restaurants, look me up. If I'm in town, I am usually there and I would love to come and say hello. Uh, I'm I'm sure that after this conversation, everybody would realize how much I love talking. It's my favorite hobby after eating.
0: (laughs) I love it. My problem is I do the eating and talking together. So um, (laughs) I'm breaking all the rules, but that's a problem. That's, (laughs) That's
1: not a problem.
0: If you're, Well, when your mother off. says, don't talk with your mouth full, that's when the problem begins because I'm 48 years old and my mother still says that to me. The same as she says to me when I get into a car, make sure you put your seatbelt on and oh, always Dad. wear clean underwear. So those oh are the things God. that yes. mom does. But. Well, Mini, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Nice and uh, I look so forward nice. to seeing you in January. So. Me too. Hopefully right. you
1: make a trip to Nashville before that.
0: I think I'm supposed to be down there in December. I'm not sure, but Mm. I will absolutely reach out to you and let you know that I'm down there.
1: Oh, my God. That will be amazing. I would love (laughs) to show off some of the places to you.
0: I'd love to see them. Thanks, Jeff.
1: Take care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Well, Well, that was pretty much uh, what I expected of an interview uh, with Manit. I've... I, 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 like everybody else, have seen her on TV for multiple years and just that huge smile and that glowing personality and uh, just a really – you you feel the warmth and the love and the hospitality um, through the screen. And then I had actually uh, met Manet for I think the first or second time at an event that we had done together up in Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun and – I remember her coming off of stage and, and, you know, me just saying, Hey, chef, you know, great job. And, you know, cause you know, you get up on stage and you start doing demos and for a lot of people, it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty natural. Um, and, but, but to watch her up there and to hold an audience in the way that she does is really cool. And I love to see that stuff. And I always like to let people know that I think that that's really neat that they can do that. So, so, uh, you know, chef and I had a really brief conversation and I had mentioned about the podcast and she was immediately, yes, I want to do it. You let me know when, and, and we'll make it happen. And, um, through this crazy world of us trying to travel and do everything else that we have to do, we finally got to that point. So chef, I want to thank you for your time and your hospitality, and for your personality as well, um, to be able to sit in and take that time out of the crazy busy schedule that you have. So, so everybody do me a favor and, and make sure that you can follow, um, chef Manit on all the Instagram or all the platforms. Um, and it's Manit Shohan, C-H-A-U-H-A-U-N, I believe. Am I correct on that? Did I make a mistake there? Yeah, no, I'm right. Um, so there if you're down in Nashville go and check out some of the spots that she's got down there I am uh, I believe I am I just looked at my calendar I think I'm in Nashville in December Uh, there's a tentative so hopefully I'll be able to make it down there as well but uh, you know let's let's do the the quick recap on that with the simple fact that one of the things that I love that she had to say and we actually spent some time on it was the fact that there are no problems there's only solutions you know We all look at this, at the stuff that we go through on a daily basis. Well, I got a problem. I have to fix this. I've got a problem. I got, you know, we, I I hear people say all the time, well, I have a problem or we have a problem. You know, it's one of my cooks came up to me the other day and was like, chef, we have a problem. I can't find the chicken thighs downstairs. And I said, well, one, it's not a problem because I know where the chicken thighs are Two, it's just a solution or it's just a situation that needs to be resolved. It's not a problem, brother. We got this covered. And even if we didn't have the chicken downstairs, I know where I can get some you know it's not like i've got to go you know in search of chicken all of a sudden we're good to go plus guess what brother i'm a barbecue spot if i run out of something i run out of something there's nothing wrong with that so i try to get that across all the time there's a difference though between um, you know the intensity and the importance of what we have to do i 'm not trying to diminish that you know certain scenarios call for for you know that every single scenario can happen that way, but as chefs, we are we're led into problem solving mode where we can fix problems, and we really do think about things in a matter of seconds that split second decision making transfers over into parenting relationships, real life situations, the whole nine yards, you know, it's kind of weird, but anyway, uh, Manit Shohan, I want to thank you so much for, for hopping on with us. And, uh, I hope everybody goes and follows her and, and enjoys this episode as much as I have. Cause I love talking to people that are one super passionate two that, like to share that passion out to the world and, and be able to literally just put it out there. For people to see and to feel and make it not just a feeling, but a, but a, but a physical thing. So. Um, So that's what I got to say for this week's episode. Uh, I really hope that you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, I am a huge fan and I'm pretty stoked that we had the opportunity to do this. So uh, boys and girls, do me a favor. You got to check out the three people that are really important to me. Really, it's four people, but it's three shout outs. Um, I want to thank the boys down there at RadioInfluence.com for everything that they do. And I'm dead serious, boys and girls. When I say to you that if you have an idea for a podcast and And you aren't really sure what to do. You know, a a five or ten minute conversation with Jerry and Jason from Radio Influence could could sway you into one way or the other. Are you going to do it by yourself or are you going to do it with somebody else? Um, Jerry and Jason have a company called RadioInfluence.com. Um, they run a tremendous amount of podcasts. Jason himself does one, um, which is about UFC and all of that. And it's just kind of really cool to see the lineup that they have has some unbelievable people that are on there. I mean, we're talking about Ian Beckles, you know, Ian, who played for um, the Bucks for many, many years and Tampa's his home and um, what he does in that community and the podcast um you know is really pretty cool. I've made some great friends down there in Tampa and Jerry and Jason are two of them. I trust them implicitly with my show and 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 sometimes even my life with decisions and conversations that I have with these guys. So if you have an idea for a podcast, talk to Jerry and Jason at radioinfluence.com. You never know. What's the, what's the worst that can happen? They can say no that they're, because they're not interested. You got 100% chance of no if you don't ask, boys and girls. So go and make it happen. Maggie Gagliardi up there in uh, Connecticut, who does all, all of our illustrations. She's just a wonderful human being, super talented, and I've had the ability to watch her grow over the last couple of years, and she's getting more and more talented every single day. So Maggie, I appreciate all that you do for us. And if you guys have an interest in any really cool artwork, you want to check out with Maggie. Techno Solution. They do all of our website, Um, uh, Michelle out there with her crew. They even do some stuff with me in regards to some logos and graphic design work. Um, That's Techno Solution, T-E-C-H-K-N-O-W Solution. You need to go and talk to them, whether it be a a, a website or just a simple menu design. Michelle does all of them and she does a really great job, so I want to thank those guys. So everybody do me a favor and uh, go out there and just kind of be nice to people, man. Life is way too short to be angry and upset and, and and, and get into hurtful situations so go out and just be nice to people adios didn't get duffified enough follow chef brian duffy on facebook and on twitter at chef b-r-i-d-u-f-f look for the blue verified check mark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show this has been duffified live with chef brian duffy on radio influence What's up, food lovers? This is Tracy Guida. I'm excited to share that my new podcast, Forking Around Town, will be premiering Tuesday, August 14th. Be sure to bring your appetites because this is going to be one Forking Delicious podcast. In the meantime, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Forking Around Town. Forking Around Town will be available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.